0: Spoiler alert, this is a Dissecting Dexter podcast, reviewing Dexter Season 5. There will be plot information for Season 5, and possibly previous seasons. You have been warned. Hi and welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host Gareth Watkins and this week we are looking at Season 5, Episode 7, Circle Us. And would you believe we're over halfway through the season now. Only five episodes left? Blimey. (laughs) Doesn't seem long since we were talking about the premiere. Looking forward to, uh, to a full season. Okay, well, let's look on the bright side. We've still got five episodes left and Five hours more of uh, of Dexter to enjoy, uh, but for now, season five, episode seven. Before we go into uh, this latest episode, let's, uh, as always, have a quick look at the ratings. Um, this week's episode was uh, watched by 1.9 million viewers, which was up from the 1.63 million of the week before. So, so that's good. There was it was just a blip. I would. Probably put that down to the Walking Dead premiere, then, maybe, unless you can think of any better reason. I mean, it's fairly inconsequential, really, because the show's held pretty steady all season, which is only a good thing. Episode 7, then, Circle Us, was written by Scott Buck, who's been a producer on Dexter since the beginning of Season 2. And he was previously a producer on Six Feet Under, so well used to working with Michael C. Hall. He's also written about 10 episodes of Dexter before, including the season 3 finale. The director of this episode is John Dahl, who is a seasoned TV and film director in film, perhaps best known for the modern film noir The Last Seduction. But he also directed, amongst others, Rounders and Roadkill, uh, *Roadkill*, also known as Joyride in the US, which I thought was a great little thriller. Dull has directed several Dexter episodes before, including last season's Hungry Man episode. So we're in safe hands, I think. Right, before we... um, Just one last thing before we get into the episode. Uh, The email address for the show, dissectingdexter at gmail.com. You can follow on Twitter, at Dissect Dexter. And the listener lines in the US, it's 206 350 6166 206 three five oh six one six six and in the uk it's oh eight four four five seven nine six nine four nine and then you enter mailbox id 08320 when the voice prompts you okay so um quite a bit to get through this week uh obviously we've got the episode review coming up in a few seconds but we've also got a bumper mailbag uh, lots of emails to go through some great stuff this week sent in um and of course as always i'm very grateful Right, that's coming up, but first the episode review. Let's go. Let's start with the main Dexter Lumen storyline. We open with Dexter taking food to Lumen, still staying in the old Morgan house, and we learn that it's been about a month since he killed Boyd Fowler, so it's good to get a little time perspective and know how long Dexter's been associating with Lumen. Uh, Lumen reveals some more details about her abusers, bearing in mind that they covered her eyes, so she has to rely on her other senses for details. She reveals two further individuals, which is surprising that she does that now. After a month, you'd have expected them to have had this conversation ages ago. Anyway, she identifies Watch Guy and Suit and Tie Man. Then we see a scene at Boyd's Swamp Dump, and we quickly see who we assume is Suit and Tie Man, directing some grunts to collect the oil drums containing the dead bodies. Presumably, this is the gang's body disposal team. Interesting there to see a little bit more of the organisation of the gang. Lumen wants to be heavily involved with the hunt but Dexter isn't keen Uh, Lumen insists though it it does help Dexter although he likes to work alone the more Lumen implicates herself the less and less chance she'll go to the police at least in theory (laughs) she could get to the point where the burden of what they've done is just too much for her to bear but then again guilt, it doesn't seem to weigh too heavily on her so far Interesting point to note when Dexter goes to leave Lumen and go home to Harrison, she comments about the other part of his life, and Dexter muses how there is no part, sorry, there is no other part to Lumen's life. This is all she has, and it struck me how he empathized with her and seemed to feel bad for her. You could see it on his face, too. Yet again, he's exhibiting a perfectly normal human emotion. But then when Lumen thanks him for what he's doing for her, he merely shakes her hand, very formally, and he muses how it's exactly like his prom date. Bless him. Then we see Suit and Thai man driving along, drums in the back, and I just knew when he got to the junction, just knew there was going to be an accident, didn't you? I predicted last week that one of the abusers would get killed and the police would get close to those that Dexter and Lumen are hunting. I thought I was spot on for a minute until we saw that the suit guide got away, but it sets up the rest of the episode with Dexter trying to throw the police off the scent. But to get back to the plot as we go through the episode, uh, there's a scene with the nanny, and I was curious about Dexter's haste to remove the little figure of St. Bridget. He says Harrison has no need for that, but he seemed a bit irritated almost at the nanny putting the figure there at all. Maybe he just has something against any kind of religious icons, but I'm not sure why he should necessarily. Obviously he relents later on, so he can't be that passionate about it, but it just struck me how quickly he hid the figure to begin with. There's also a comment this episode, uh, while we're on the subject of Harrison, when Dexter ri- whispers to him, I don't know how much longer I can talk to you like this before you start to understand me. I like that comment. Harrison's been someone that Dexter can talk to in a kind of... I don't know, almost a therapeutic kind of way. At least he's talking to someone. Then, uh, the crash scene. Dexter's obviously surprised at seeing the bodies, but ever the professional. I did like his description of the goo on the ground that Quinn treads in. That's what's on your shoe, congealed organ. (laughs) What a line. The point to note here is Quinn spotting Dexter talking to Lumen. Liddy Liddy phones and reveals a blonde girl is staying at Dexter's house, Uh, and that the for-sale signs come down, which is intriguing for Quinn. He sees Lumen at the scene and Dexter talking to her, so he knows Dexter at least has a mystery woman in his life in some capacity. In many respects, this isn't necessarily a massive problem for Dexter. If it comes to it, he can just say she's a new girlfriend. But, of course, if they got to Lumen, would she crumble under questioning, or will they find a print somewhere incriminating that lead them to her? They identify the car belonging to Jordan Chase, a popular motivational speaker, they discover, and Dexter recognises him as the voice on Boyd Fowler's tapes. Uh, Chase comes in voluntarily with his security guy, Cole, who we all recognise, of course, as suit and tie man. Jordan Chase is played by British actor Johnny Lee Miller, once married to Angelina Jolie, no less, albeit many moons ago. He was in the British film *Train Spotting*. I liked Dexter's less-than-subtle photo-taking, and when he showed the pictures to Lumen, we get a giggle when she says about the guy clearly being a freak, and then we realise she's referring to Masuka. Couldn't you just see that line coming, though? Like a comedy train coming down the track. (laughs) Woo-woo! But... In an episode short of humorous moments, I won't knock it. We got spoilt by Masuka last week, didn't we? Dexter tells her that the police are on the case, and with the death penalty in Florida, these guys will face the ultimate justice. However, Lumen's resolute and wants to deal with them herself. She wants her revenge all right, and of course Dexter understands. She's consumed by this, it's all she has. Dexter really does want to help her though, and he put Boyd Fowler in the frame which was a nice move. At Boyd's house, they revisit the room that Lumen was held in. I thought it was a nicely acted and edited scene, with the startling flashes of memory coming back to Lumen, the traumatic experiences coming back to her. In this scene, Dexter pretty much confirms what we suspected before, that Boyd was the end of the line for the abused girls. It was his job to dispose of them. Of course. When the police later show Boyd's picture to Jordan and Cole, Jordan doing his best to be the respectable one. He of course denies knowing him, but Cole says Boyd was a bit of a stalker. However, when they leave, the two of them have a private conversation and we learn that both Jordan and Cole are involved. Maybe Jordan is Lumen's watch guy after all. Dexter did note his fancy watch earlier. Jordan commends Cole for implicating Boyd to divert the police away from them, but Cole says it wasn't him. And so they know that someone else must be involved and must be onto them. It's risky territory f- for Dexter now. His prey is on its guard. But it's nice to see the bad guys puzzled, though. When Lumen and Dexter pay Cole's house a visit, he tells her to stay in the car, but of course it turns out it's lucky she didn't. But just before he gets jumped... Dexter finds a photo of a teenage Cole. When they get away in the car, we had Lumen again, apparently demonstrating some kind of sixth sense, after she crashed into the house to help Dexter from being attacked. Dexter observes how she's sounding more like him. They look at the photo of Cole and they spot Boyd and Dan from last week in the picture too. Quite possibly, they now have a lineup of the whole group, a kind of photographic rogues' gallery. Lumen is visibly excited, maybe feeling she's getting closer to uh, exacting her revenge. She's pleased further when Dexter says, What are we going to do next? and she picks up on the fact that he referred to them as we, indicating he's properly accepting her as a kind of partner now. Partners come to us in various ways bound together for many different reasons but for any partnership to work you must not only accept this person into your life but accept her for who she is this has to be said it's a turning point for the season as we see dexter take harrison to their former family home and introduce him to lumen dexter's obviously had some kind of realization or epiphany he looks at lumen holding harrison up playing to him with the blonde hair, you can't help but picture Rita. Maybe Dexter was too, but he muses how sometimes partners find us. We might try to push them away, but they find a way into our lives regardless. Just like Lumen has with him, and he's clearly made the decision to properly let her in. He finishes by saying we eventually realise how much we need them. In Lumen, he's got someone he can be open with. She knows his reality, if not his history. ...but she accepts it. He can be himself and not disgust her. He's needed someone like her all along... ...and maybe it had to happen by accident... ...because he'd never have let someone in intentionally. Okay, so elsewhere in the episode... ...Deb's with Quinn when she gets the call about the crash. They're both required to attend and Quinn wants to drive with her... ...but Deb's clearly not comfortable with everyone knowing about their relationship... Is Quinn now the one who's more keen? He asks her about moving in together, and she stops him in his tracks. So, well, Deb certainly doesn't want the relationship being made public, but the signs are that he's more keen than she is now. That's not to say Deb's gone cold on him. There's a funny moment later on when they're talking about going to the nightclub for the stakeout, and Deb asks him not to wear that patterned shirt, and we see him start to take it off, saying he only wore it before as a joke. Uh, Quinn gets another visit from Stan Liddy, who's asking for more money to continue his investigation into the, uh, the girl that's uh, associating with Dexter. Quinn is hesitant, and we learn it's not because of the money. There's some listener feedback about this later, but it's interesting how Quinn seems to have plenty of money at his disposal. With regard to the Santa Muerta case, the PD stake out the nightclub, hoping their informant will be able to lure the Fuentes brothers there. Of course it all goes tits up when they see the Fuentes brothers are already in the club and Carlos Fuentes beckons Officer Manzón over. Uh, Incidentally, don't you think she scrubs up very well? Uh, So uh, Manzón asks what to do and Deb tells her to keep away from them but LaGuerta overrules her and says to go over to him. When she does, Carlos slides his hand up Manzón's dress and finds a hidden gun And it goes downhill from there. How will Deb cope with killing one of the brothers? I did like how she didn't hesitate this time and just took him down rather than have someone else get hurt like the kid a couple of weeks ago getting his neck slit. However, the biggest career hit might be for LaGuerta. Didn't you just want to throw something at the screen when she maintained that while there may have been mistakes, they certainly weren't hers? God, what an arrogant bitch. (sighs) I don't know listener feedback right quite a bit of email feedback to get through this week first up daniel bates from massachusetts he writes one of your listeners was rightfully critical of how sloppy dexter is getting having left an unconscious victim in his car you somewhat defended him noting how critical his ritual is to him but didn't he didn't he end up hurriedly snapping that dude's neck anyway Rather than refining his work skills, as most of us do through repetition, he's acting more and more like someone who wants to get caught. Will Dexter hit the young Luminescence or the wily veteran nanny this season? Thanks for all your efforts. Well, Dan, I I guess that last question is perhaps a bit tongue-in-cheek. But the way things are going, I wouldn't bet against Dexter getting it on with Lumen. Dexter... Yeah, you, you raised the issue of Dexter taking, um, what was the guy's name? Anderson, was it? Crikey, I can't remember. Um, from the RV, that he was going to kill in the RV and take him with him to the warehouse to help Lumen. Um, yeah, I think he was, I think it was a, a, a very hasty decision to take the guy with him rather than hastily killing him in the RV and leaving him there and perhaps cleaning him up later. Um as we've talked many times this season, Dexter's done some reckless things this season, some very hasty decisions, uh questionable decisions. And I still think as I've said many times, his head is not in that very cool place that he's been in previously. Um so we can expect him to do well, make some rash decisions and, and perhaps this was one of them. And you can argue either way, I suppose. Um we could debate this one. Uh, And yes, he did end up killing the guy hastily anyway. Um, So his ritual did end up going right out of the window. But as um, someone pointed out last week, his evening had already been ruined by Lumen. So um, what could he do? Uh, Next email is from Ken, who has written in before, from Melbourne in Australia. He writes, Hi Gareth, great work on the podcast. How do you do your voiceover guy, or is it a trade secret? This season has redeemed itself. Sorry, this season has redeemed itself. I really enjoyed the last two episodes. I really don't like Quinn, and I don't trust the nanny. Lumen and Dexter will hook up soon, I feel. Love your work. Thanks, Ken good to hear from you again uh, the voiceover guy uh, quick shout out to Steve Pettit from the US uh, you can find his work at Ponga Music M-O-O-S-I-C PongaMusic.com uh, he is uh, Steve is a musician who very kindly does the voiceovers for me uh, I found Steve on the website RadioDaddy.com which is basically a forum um, it's, a, it's a free forum where you can post requests if, if you've got your own podcast you want some voiceovers for you can post a request basically with a brief of what it is you want and someone hopefully will respond with uh, with an mp3 of your requested voiceover and quite often you'll find you'll get several responses and you can basically choose between them um, and uh, there's a, a, a feedback scoring um, system where you um, boost the responder's reputation um, with a click of a button as, as a way of saying thank you. And and you can even upload your own, own MP3s if you see a request that you think, oh, I can have a go at that. And maybe post a voiceover of your own, as I've done once or twice. It's all good fun. RadioDaddy.com. And uh thanks, Steve, for your continued support and voice service for the show. Um Ken, you also mentioned the season has Redeem- redeemed itself in the last two episodes. Yeah, completely agree. Um You say you don't like Quinn. Yeah, I was giving... Quinn, a bit of credit, um, and that's pretty much gone out of the window now. You don't trust the nanny either. Um, Yeah, I think the nanny is going to have a more significant role to play in the season than she has been. Um, What that role will be, I don't know. Uh, Lumen and Dexter will hook up. Yeah, quite possibly. That seems to be the way it may be heading. Next email. Patrick Fitzpatrick from Seattle, who writes a very nice email. I'll I'll go through it. He says, I'm a brand new fan to Dexter. My son is a recent college graduate who has moved to Los Angeles to put his degree in film production to work. He was at a party when a fellow in front of them, as they exited the restaurant, turned around and said, in an exasperated manner, I have no idea where I park my car. Are you guys looking for your car too? My son instantly recognised Michael C. Hall. Needless to say, my son and his Southern California girlfriend helped Mr. Hall to find his car. And no, Mr. Hall was not inebriated. My son reported the incident to me and my first question was, who is Michael C. Hall? He explained the Showtime series to me and initially I was appalled. I'm a retired State Patrol trooper And as a typical right-leaning baby boomer, expressed to my son that the premise was another example of the demise of the 21st century culture. Then I watched episode one. I was hooked. I've bought all the DVDs, formally funding the continued demise of our 21st century culture, and watched them all in less than five days. To date, I'm completely caught up. I've searched the web for forums and podcasts on Dexter and have absorbed the wisdom and insight of so many to help me better understand the philosophy and design of the series. I say unabashedly that your podcast is far and away the finest I've heard. So many have tried to sound enlightened and learned about the show, but you put them all to shame. That and the fact that the sound quality of your podcast is far better than anyone else's, even it is rec- if it is recorded in your car, has caused me to jettison tuning into all the others. Keep up the good work, Gareth. Your grateful fan, Patrick Fitzpatrick. Well, wow, Patrick. Thanks very, very much for this fantastic email. This is just the sort of thing that gives me the gives me a warm, fuzzy glow and the feel that um, that. My work on the podcast is is well worth the effort, and as much as I enjoy doing it, it's emails like this that really make it all the more worthwhile. And I'm glad that you're you're a recent convert to Dexter, and that you've uh, you formally joined the Dexter fan family. That's great, and and a great story about your son bumping into Dexter himself. Um, that was great. I guess that's that's part and parcel of maybe of, of living in LA. Uh, and going to some of these places around and about that um, you will bump into uh, stars from time to time. And uh, for your son to, to meet, I assume your son's a fan of the show, T- to meet Dexter himself is, uh, is quite something. That, that would have been great to experience. But thanks very much for your very kind comments about the show. Uh, really appreciated. Moving on. Next next podcast... Next email is from WriterGal. And she writes... I'm loving your podcast. Enjoy hearing about the people behind the show and even the ratings. I wanted to bring up two things that I don't believe you've mentioned so far. First, in Everything's Illuminated, we heard Dexter say I love you to Harrison on the phone and saying I love you for the first time. I don't think he's ever been able to say it before, not to Rita, not to her kids though he came close in the farewell scene with Aster. Dexter has been an unreliable narrator all along, saying he has no emotions when we see that he certainly does. Now he's beginning to realise that himself. I predict that Lumen will enter his life in some profound way and their relationship will be more intimate than even the one he shared with Rita, because he could never be truly honest with Rita. He can be with Lumen because they've both been, quote, ''born in blood.'' Episode 7 revealed how the walls between them are coming down. As to Quinn, who annoys me more with every episode, let's not forget that in Season 3 there was a long, protracted thread in which Yuki from IAD was investigating him. Deborah finally got Yuki off her back by telling Quinn, who explained the investigation away by saying that Yuki was a spurned woman, but Yuki insisted that he lied. She said in so many words, Quinn cut corners and he got a cop killed. The next copy killed will be on you, Deborah. Throughout all the seasons we've seen proof of this. Quinn has way too much money for a cop and lies about where he gets it. Quinn took money from a crime scene in season 4. Quinn never properly registered Anton as a CI in season 3. Quinn is now working off the books and bribing another bad cop to investigate Dexter. I'm afraid that someone is going to get killed to fulfil Yuki's prophecy. Maybe Robocop, maybe one of the others just makes me dislike Quinn all the more. And his relationship with Deb is doomed, of course, because she would never countenance what he's doing. I think she'd be more willing to accept Dexter's deeds than Quinn's, because at least Dexter, mostly, lives by the rules. Of course, Quinn could redeem himself if the cop he gets killed is himself, i.e. he sacrifices himself in order to save Deb, Dex or even Harrison. And one more thing which may be a long shot. Looking at real life and at Michael C. Hall's brush with cancer and his two-year marriage to the actress who plays Deb, it'd be perfectly natural for them to want to have a child soon. So unless she can plan a pregnancy around the show's hiatus, might we be looking at a pregnant Deb soon? Hmm. As long as Quinn is out of the picture, I could learn to like that. Wow. (laughs) Right, Seagal, that is a great email. You clearly have very good insight into the show and a very perceptive fan of the show and uh i thank you for your very your very observant comments great stuff um addressing your points where do i start um michael c hall and jennifer carpenter's real life relationship yeah i think that's a very fair prediction um and could easily be written into the show yeah i like that idea um We'll see if it comes to fruition. Um, let's have a look. Dexter saying I love you to Harrison. Yeah, well spotted. Um, I put my hand up there. I, sh- I should have spotted that. And you're the only one who's mentioned it to me. Um, a significant moment in Dexter's life. Definitely. Um, I I have pointed out how Dexter... His voiceover, he... We've seen where he clearly does have at least some normal human emotions, but he just doesn't recognise it. He doesn't admit it. Um, so, yeah, to describe him as an unreliable narrator, in that regard, yeah, definitely. Um, and I did expect him to say something to Asta when he said goodbye to her, say I love you or something to that, to that effect, um, but it didn't happen. Uh, Lumen entering Dexter's life in some profound way. Yeah, that does seem to be where where we're going. And you're absolutely right to point out that their relationship could be more intimate than the one he had with Rita. Um, Lumen sees Dexter for what he is. I mean, he's he's not given her the whole story, but that's surely still to come. That, that can't be far off. Um, you see the way Dexter looks at her. Um... I don't know whether he fancies her as such, but I think he he's seeing her as maybe maybe a way he can ease his burden this weight he's been carrying on his shoulders um and I mean let's face it, lumen hasn't been disgusted in any way by how dexter is his his um his ease at killing um she seems to be completely on board and obviously she's implicated herself she's um she's an accessory so she, so now she's in a position of no return perhaps uh, a point of no return so i think it's going to be fascinating to see how this relationship continues to develop it is as the as as, as the um casting rumors casting stories um described over the summer hiatus that dexter and uh, uh julius styles 's character would have a, a unique relationship and that is absolutely true um now whether Julia styles has been signed up for f- more than just this one season i don't know i've predicted that lumen won't survive the season and i as it stands i i still i still stand by that um and and it could be a further knock to Dexter if Lumen does indeed not survive the season. What will that do to Dexter, having got close to someone else and and not been able to protect them? Could it finish him? I don't know. But it's gonna be great to see see what happens. Um Quinn, yeah, uh he is obviously the thorn in Dexter's side this season, albeit through Stan Liddy at the moment. Um, Dex has got to f- well, although he doesn't realise it yet he he he's going to end up needing to find a way to get these guys off his back um, I can quite easily see Liddy having a few skeletons in his closet and we've had hints of Quinn having skeletons in his closet but does is is it the same to kill, as far as the code is concerned to actually kill somebody by your own hand and maybe through inaction or your actions lead to somebody getting killed by someone else do you know what i mean um it sounds like quinn was responsible for someone getting killed but is that the same as actually killing them himself um then dexter may need a bit more than that to put quinn on his table um perhaps it depends what he does to deborah but yeah I, it's going to be interesting to see uh how that unfolds um yeah, clearly Quinn has more money than uh, more money than sense. <laughs> I was wanting to say then uh he has far too much money and he said to Liddy this week that that money's not the uh, the issue when Liddy was um trying to get more money out of him. Um yeah, it would be nice if if there was some redemption for Quinn. That 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 could be good. I I think I would like that. Um maybe uh to protect Deborah from the uh the Fuentes brothers or Fuentes brother. Uh, OK, so I think, that, I think that covers all your points. That was a, a great email, so thanks for that. I hope you uh, write in again soon. Um, Travis has, uh, has, has written in again. He did email me, actually, and say um, where he was from. Um, I think it was California. Sorry, Travis, I, I'm, um, <laughs> I'm recording in the car again, and I've not got internet access from here, so I can't um, uh, refer back to it. Apologies. Um, but Travis writes... Well, now, this season is getting good, right? A lot of people out of their uh, sorry, a lot of people out there fancied themselves as Nostradamus of sorts and were proclaiming that this season was going to be absolutely sorry, that this season was going to absolutely suck. I'm not reading this one very well, am I? <laughs> ah, moving on. Uh, Travis continues, and now take a look at it. I think it's forming up to be a very slow, high- tension-building season, and I'm liking it. I think it's interesting that Quinn seems to be more attached to Deb than she is to him. That's the opposite of what I'd expect. I believe that, apart from Dexter, Quinn is the only truly interesting character on the show. Sorry, every other character, but you're all far too far too two-dimensional. LaGuerta continues her streak of being the single most worst written character on the show. She really doesn't think she made a mistake. Really? She deserves to lose her job. I think the fact that Quinn knows that Dexter and Lumen are in some sort of relationship together can only be bad for all involved, that is except the viewer. By the looks of it, it appears as though Quinn and Liddy are going to have some sort of falling out. Will the altercation between them be Dexter's saving grace? Only time will tell, although I have a feeling Lumen is going to get a little more hands-on and get proactive about helping Dexter out. Now, uh, Travis emailed in separately... uh, In addition to this, to talk about the early cuts animated episodes I mentioned last week, he pointed out that they're not canon and how that's fortunate because they'd totally mess up the timeline and undermine events already depicted in the show. I've also since checked online and the Showtime Dexter wiki says that early cuts are not canon, so I guess there we have it. Early cuts are not canon, but I do have to wonder what purpose they serve if they're not canon. Just a bit of extra entertainment, a bit of Dexter material for us. But, again, if they're not canon, why bother? So, Travis, thanks again for emailing in. Um, You're right, uh, I did have my doubts earlier on about the way this season was going, but um, I should have known better, eh? Uh, And, yes, other correspondents also were were a bit down on it, and uh, hopefully everyone's back on board now. Quinn, yeah, it was interesting this week, the development with him wanting to move in with her. I wonder what his motivation for that is. Is is he genuinely getting attached to her in 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 a great way? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a bit of a surprising turn of events um, after Deborah Deb let her guard down last week and and said that she was getting feelings for him. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what's he? What's his? What's his agenda there? Is it entirely honourable? I dunno. I would have to question it. And yeah, maybe Quinn and Lydia are gonna have a falling out. Um Liddy is uh I think it's safe to say he's an unscrupulous character and and Quinn as we know isn't squeaky clean. Um and uh, he's certainly not averse to bending the rules when he wants to. Um so quite possibly these two are gonna come to blows at some point and that may that may help Dexter out. Um Quinn knowing about Lumen, it depends how deeply he um, investigates Lumen. It's perfectly feasible that Dexter might seek some comfort in another woman to um, ease his grief. You could just say that he's on the rebound. Um, So I don't think that's the end of the world for Dexter and Lumen to be seen together and for people to think maybe there's a relationship there. I don't think that that is necessarily a bad thing, because Dexter Dexter could just put his hands up and say, look, yeah, I'm seeing this girl, um, so shoot me, you know. (laughs) Um, Okay, next email. Uh, Paris Hardy in Alabama writes back and says, Wow, things have really picked up in a major way. Several things to hit on. Firstly, I wanted to address the title of the episode. I find it very interesting that they weave the theme of St Bridget throughout the episode and how it ties into the evolving dynamic between Dexter, Lumen and now Harrison. The opening shot with Deb and Quinn was priceless. Love how she completely shot him down when he asked if they could drive to the scene together. I almost felt bad for him. Almost. Also, glad to see the plot thickening with the revelation of two more men responsible for Lumen's torture. For a second, I thought... LaGuerta and Batista could see right through Jordan and Cole's alibis. Leave it to Dexter to throw them off the trail. Lumen's reaction to Masuka in the picture with Jordan was spot on and hilarious. Bringing her along for the hunt turned out to be a lucky choice. The revelation that Boyd, Cole and several others involved have known each other since at least their late teens was unsettling to me. The idea that they've been doing this for so long is really chilling. I can't wait for this to pan out. Jumping ahead, from the moment they showed us the stakeout, I knew it was going to hit the fan. Deviating from the original plan and having Officer Manzan interact with the Fuentes brothers was the worst thing LaGuerta could have done. The fallout is going to be torrential. Finally, I really like the final scene with Dex, Luman and Harrison. The look on Dex's face really spoke volumes. You could tell he was thinking of Rita. The best episode of the season so far for me. Almost every character had an active part in the story, jumped forward and opened some new doors. I think things will only get better. Can't wait for more of the show and podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Paris, for writing back. Good to hear from you again. And um, you provide some more good observations. I was a little surprised when Dexter brought Harrison to see Lumen. Although, then again, maybe I shouldn't have been. But it was a very touching moment. And uh, you could see the the thoughts going through his mind. Um, yeah, the the nightclub screw up. Yeah, that was that was atrocious. And I knew when Laguerta insisted that that Manzón go and get involved, uh, that it was going to end badly. And indeed, it did. Um, Laguerta quite rightly—well, her, her arrogance at, at saying denying she'd made a mistake just just writes her off, as far as I'm concerned. She can. Uh, she can just um, sleep with the fishes. I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to end well for her now. And and if she loses a job over it, then um, we can't say she didn't deserve it. Yeah, it, it was unsettling that these guys have maybe abusing, been abusing women for for a long time. Um, that is disturbing. And uh, when Dexter saw the picture um, of, of them all together, I think um, he too was disturbed. Although his his thought process was somewhat. Uh, disturbed in its own way when he was uh, jumped upon. But thanks, Travis. Good to hear from you again. Another email Stephan Barnett from England says recently found your podcast and have really enjoyed it, and found that it has added a lot to the viewer experience. A few thoughts on season five and Circle Us. It has been a really stop start season, but I will wait to reserve judgment until I can watch all 12 episodes back to back, as I feel that's the only way you can truly judge a season. The one thing that has frustrated me, though, is that Dexter doesn't seem to have learned anything from Rita's death. She died because he didn't help the police and took them off Arthur Mitchell's scent, and he's doing exactly the same thing here. It's only going to end badly. There is something dodgy about Quinn. Where is all his money coming from? I have a feeling this could be key. I have a strong feeling this season's finale will involve Deb choosing between Dexter and Quinn, with fatal consequences for Quinn. Weller has been a great addition, and Liddy makes up a lot for the dull Latino cop, LaGuerta's tiring ego, the Irish no-questions-asked-nanny. This series has the season of guest stars, which is never usually a good sign for a show. Having read some of the guest star summaries, I'd guess that the Jordan take-it chase would be the ringleader in Boyd's Merry Men of Rapists. I wonder if any of my other predictions will come true. A few last thoughts. La is going to lose her job, and Captain Matthews will offer it to Batista. Dexter might not get anyone into a kill room this season. Julia Stiles is not as good eye candy as Julie Benz, whose new show, No Ordinary Family, is actually not as bad as you might think, even though Michael Chiklis is involved. The show is great and makes my early morning commutes to London that little more bearable. Thanks, Stefan. Uh, With your last comment, I don't know whether you mean the podcast that helps your commutes or that you watch Dexter on your phone or your laptop... Um, Either. It's good to hear that, that Dexter is uh, brightening up your day. Uh, Julie Benz's new show, No Ordinary Family, I've not seen. Uh, and I'm not quite sure whether you mean your reference to Michael Chiklis, uh whether you like him or not. Um, personally, I, I've i only seen Michael Chiklis in the TV series The Shield, and he was phenomenal as Vic Mackey in that series. Uh, fantastic cop show. If you've never seen The Shield, do check it out. Really gritty Really gritty show. Um, Dexter might not get anyone to a kill room. Uh, well, he nearly did, didn't he? And uh, obviously he did get did get Boyd Fowler earlier. But will he get any more? Maybe not. Depends if he can take his time or not. LaGuardia's going to lose a job. Yeah, I think she probably will. Uh, will Batista get it? Possibly. He's 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 the next senior person in the department, isn't he? Um, Quinn, yeah, definitely dodgy. Um... You're not keen on the nanny. Well, I still think she'll have a, a role to play, uh, a significant role to play. At least I hope she does. And Dexter, not having learnt anything from Rita's death, well, yeah, you, that, that's a fair point. But I, I guess I could defend him and say that his head's still um, in in a bit of a, a bit of disarray. But maybe his head's going to start to sort itself out now. Lumens with him and 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 helping him in some way. Um, and, and he has a purpose, again, to help Lumen and take out these um, these this rapist gang. Um, but, yeah, uh, it, it's a fair point that you make. So, that's it for the, for the mega mailbag. Um, thanks, everyone, for, for writing in. Um, DissectingDexter at gmail.com if you want to contribute. And the listener lines in the US, it's 206-350-6166. And in the UK, 844 579 6949 and mailbox ID 08320. Next time on Dissecting Dexter. Okay, so the next episode is called Take It. Now, uh, as always, quick spoiler alert if you don't want to know anything about the next episode, and believe me, all I'm going to. Um, talk about is the written synopsis that's on the internet i haven't seen the preview footage of the next episode but if you don't want to know anything uh just skip forward a minute it's only going to be a quick preview this week okay so as i say next episode is called take it um the synopsis reads dexter and lumen take the opportunity to track a vicious murderer while attending a self-help seminar fallout from the Santa Muerta homicides puts Deborah in hot water and places Batista in a difficult situation. So, obviously, from that, Dexter and Lumen continue their hunt, um, trying to get a bit closer to Jordan and uh, his cohorts. Um, and if they're tracking down a vicious murderer, maybe Lumen's helping Dexter with a target of his own. Now... Clearly, there's going to be massive fallout following the botched attempt to apprehend the Fuentes brothers. Does Deb end up in bother for shooting one of them? Which would be a little harsh when they've shown themselves to be ruthless and unhesitating in hurting innocent people. As for Batista. Oh, sorry, running out of breath there. As for Batista being in a tough situation, bring it on. If there's a good storyline for him, I'm all for it. But presumably he has to file a report on what happened in the nightclub and does he tell the truth and implicate his wife or lie and play down her mistake and maybe risk his own neck in the process? Some of the feedback I've had predicts that LaGuerta could lose her job and maybe it gives the writers a chance to get rid of her. God knows she's not a popular character, certainly with me and those listeners I've heard from. Actually, if if anyone wants to present a defense of her character in retaliation, it'd be interesting to hear. I'd be more than happy to talk about it in the next show. So, moving forward in the short term, clearly the Miami PD have got a little closer to Lumen's abusers, but Dexter did a good job in throwing them off the scent. However, he's also tipped his hand to the abusers, so they now know that someone's onto them, and they'll be on their guard. It's an interesting situation, and presents Dexter with quite a challenge. You're listening... ...to dissecting Dexter. Overall, this season is going very well. And shaping up to provide some more really great character stuff for our Dexter. One of our emailers this week made the very good point about Lumen... ...possibly being a better match for Dexter than Rita was. They share the darkness, but most importantly... ...she knows the one thing about Dexter that he could never have shared with Rita... Imagine him being able to carry on, satiating his dark passenger without the domestic hindrance. Being with Lumen, she'd always understand if he had to go out to do what he has to do. Imagine the sense of liberation he'd feel. I like how things are set up with the show now, and I'm especially keen to see how the Dexter-Lumen relationship develops. Incidentally, not sure if you realise that Lumen is Latin for light, Perhaps a metaphor for what she's going to be providing for Dexter. Some light at the end of his tunnel. The road to recovery from his grief, with someone who understands him in a way that Rita never could. Although, having said that, Julia Stiles is predominantly a movie actress, and would she really sign up long-term for a TV show? I don't know. Maybe that's little clue as to the, the fate of Lumen. I still predict that she won't survive the season, but um, we'll see what happens. Okay, so uh, quite a bumper mailbag this week Thanks very much to everybody who has uh, contacted me this week Uh, As always, much appreciated If you want to get in touch with me, you're always welcome The email address is dissectingdexter at gmail.com or you can contact me on Twitter, at DissectDexter. Or you can follow my personal Twitter, if you feel so inclined, at Gareth underscore UK. You can also ring the listener lines. In the US, it's 206-350-6166. And in the UK, it's 0844-579-6949 and mailbox ID 08320. Okay, well that's it for another Dissecting Dexter. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for your continued support and subscriptions. It means a lot. It's been a pleasure talking to you, as always, and we'll dissect some more Dexter next week. Take care, guys. Cheers.